I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters— I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode of Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by membership patches for groups that nobody has ever heard of. Instead, it's brought to you by CrimeCon. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, CrimeCon is happening again this year. It's on May 4th through 6th, 2018 in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be there along with a whole bunch of other podcasters and really cool famous people. I'm going to let you go out to the list and look for yourself, but you know you want to go. So if you use the promo code SIDEWAYS, you'll get 10% off. So go register and we will see you in Nashville, boys and girls. guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. Uh, I'm Devin, joined as usual by... Joe. And Steve. And today we're going to talk about a mystery. Ooh. I know that's different from what we normally do. Mm, yeah. Well, um, I thought we had this good, you know, recipe we could talk about instead if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, a cooking mm. show? Yeah. yeah. We should be a travelogue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should. The neighborhoods of Portland. Yeah. Um, today we're going to talk about a mystery we're calling the Persian Princess. And before we get too far into it, I do want to thank Hayden for the suggestion of this mystery. We're going to talk about, I mean, it may seem kind of boring, this Persian princess thing, yeah, but actually. it has a fun twist ending, kind of, and yeah. an attempt, and a like a really, really bad attempt at a quick overview of the case that you may have already read, 
because it's also our episode description. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, in October 2000, a video surfaced um, in which a man claimed to have the mummified remains of a Persian princess for sale. The investigation that followed revealed not only that the mummy might be a forgery, but also that there might be a murder in the mix, which is the fun twist ending. Da, da, da. Uh, there was a dead body in the middle of that mummy, wasn't there? Yeah, well, there yeah. usually is. I was going to say, always. that's typically how it works. <laughs> it's yeah. usually how it works, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. most yeah. often. Okay, ready? Indeed. Okay. Uh, so on October 19th, 2000, a Pakistani man named Ali Akbar made a video showcasing a mummy in a gilded sarcophagus that he said he was selling for 6 million rupees, which at the time was about $11 million, um, which is about $16 million now, which I know is a huge difference. That's a big jump in the 17 short years. Yeah. Yeah. And for folks who don't know, sarcophagus is a fancy coffin. Oh, yeah. Not everybody knows. Yeah. 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 Actually, sometimes a sarcophagus is the, the, the... it's like the exterior. You know, it the, is. It's the exterior. It's like the, the super coffin they yeah. put the coffin into. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the fancy thing they put it's, a fancy thing into. the coffin nesting doll. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is. Yeah. While this interested some people, to be sure, other people thought maybe this was um, illegal and in violation of the antiquity laws. It's probably illegal no matter how you cut it. It's either fraud, which is yeah. illegal, or yep. it's, you know, mm-hmm. a valuable artifact, which you, know, you can't also sell illegal. privately. Yeah. 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 Either way, the police decided that it was a good idea to go question Akbar. When they did, he said he wasn't in actual physical possession. Instead, he was acting as like a go-between, a middleman. When the police did actually go to question him... They, he said that he wasn't actually in physical possession of the mummy and sarcophagus and coffin and all that stuff. Instead, it was kept at the house of a tribal leader. <laughs> Wali Muhammad Riki. Yeah, thank you. In yeah. Haran. Haran. Thank you. Baluchistan. Um, yeah, Baluchistan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that all on your own now. Or yeah. you? Nope, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I just want to keep going. Right. Um, I, you know, I'm really good at pronu- pronouncing some things, and I looked up a lot of stuff, and then now I'm realizing I didn't look all of it up. So sorry, everyone. No, it's okay. Um, but this this tribal leader lived kind of near the border of Afghanistan, so. Police, police go to question Riki, and he tells them the mummy was a gift. Of course it was. Yeah. He says the man he had gotten it from was an Iranian who said that he had found it after an earthquake in or near Quetta. 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 Yeah. Uh, both Akbar and Riki were charged with violations of the antiquity rules and were sentenced to 10 years in jail. And that's pretty much the end of their involvement in the story, kind of. Mostly. Mm. Mostly. By name, at least. <laughs> a week later, the mummy was making waves, and an archaeologist, Ahmad Hassan Dani of Islamabad's Quaid-i-Azam University. I'm so sorry, everyone. Yeah, not, uh, not, not even a, a closely our third language. No, so we're sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Um, said that the mummy seemed to be a princess, probably from about 600 BCE, which is BC. Before Christ. And before all Christ, stuff. or yeah. before Common Era, if we're going to yeah. use the sciencey terms. The mummy was wrapped in an ancient Egyptian style and rested in a gilded wooden coffin with cuneiform carvings inside of a stone sarcophagus. Mm, cuneiform. Like a real deal to me. Well, maybe. Kind of. Wow. Cuneiform is uh, one of the earliest systems of writing, for those of you who don't know. It was invented by the Sumerians, and they basically they made it with this. They had these little blunt wedge 
like, reeds. Reeds. They were basically like little triangles at the end. You split a reed into quarters. Mm-hmm. And then you would just push it in in a different sets of, you know, shapes. Um, but they were all this like weird little triangly. People, yeah. people have probably people who don't know what this have is has probably actually seen it in movies because it's it's always like two or three arrows at a time pointing in a direction and they they kind of rotate around like it'll be three in a row three stacked on top of each other and then what arrows you're... rotate. But people have seen it in a lot of of Hollywood stuff. And it what gets, you're yeah. describing as a arrow, I would describe as a triangle. Right, oh, arrowhead. Yeah, triangle yeah. kind. It's yeah, pretty same much, same yeah. difference. But people it's, have seen. Yeah. Hollywood Wedge loves shaped. to use it to make it look things look old. Well, because no, it's, uh, it's old. Yeah, for a more modern reference, uh, if you remember the Predator movies, that's uh, you know like Predator, um, Predator versus Alien. Yeah, yeah, that's what the that's the kind of writing the Predator did. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's Predator yeah. writing. Um, well, cuneiform. So the ancient aliens. <laughs> well, they probably gave it to us, dude. Yeah. yeah. So cuneiform itself actually just means wedge shaped. So it is that kind of wedge triangle shaped yeah. anyway. Uh, anyway, that was a little thing. The wooden coffin um, had a farvar carved in it, which kind of looks like a guy in the middle of a giant wingspan. It looks super it's like Egyptian. Like an eagle, kind of an eagle symbol, right? Kind of. Yeah. There is a guy standing in the middle of, like, just imagine a giant Egyptian wingspan. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead of, like, a head of an animal or something, it's just a guy standing there. It's a normal human. Yeah, facing sideways. This was a symbol of Zoroastrianism, which is a pre-Islamic Persian religion. You sometimes see it in Iran still, but it's not really religious anymore. It's been taken over by kind of, a secular meaning. Yeah, it's kind of more of just a national symbol these yeah, days. Yeah, more of like I a think it's, Iranian I think it's still pride. popular there, but yeah. Yeah. As mentioned, there was a gold chest plate that was written in cuneiform. Um, she had a gold crown and mask on her face, the mummy. There was also a chest, like there was a weird leaf pattern almost that was also in gold that was on kind of her chest area as well, mm. which you don't see referenced a lot, but you can see in the pictures. Sounds like a pricey little mummy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The body was laid on a mat that was covered in honey and wax, which is kind of typical of mummies. Okay. The inscription was translated to say that she was the basically unknown daughter of King Xerxes the first of Persia, mm. uh, named Radugna. And she was a member of the Achaemenid dynasty. Actually like basically verbatim it read, I am the daughter of the great King Xerxes. Uh Miserica, protect me. I am Radugna, I am. So um, one thing I want to point out about this mummy because people, I immediately did not understand what she looked like. I had a preconceived notion based on stuff that I see on TV. It's not the the dry wrapped mummy. Like she's encased in the resin, the resin and the honey and the wax. Mm-hmm. Like she is fully inside of this stuff. It's not your typical dry mummy that stands up and walks around on Halloween kind mm. of look. Right, and that's really what mummies were like. And then once you get through that. Right. Then you do get to that drier kind of wrapping, although it's you know soaked in resin and blah blah blah. Right, right. So, so taking the outer shell off. But essentially, they're kind of like cast in resin or something, right? They're like a paperweight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah actually. Like that. And okay. then they push the, and that's kind of how they keep the gold. I'm sorry, I'm trying really hard not to cover my face as I'm talking about the mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the gold crown and the mask is kind of. You know, it's laid on top of her, and then there's resin poured on top of that, so it stays in place. Sort of sealed in. Yeah, it's all kind of sealed in. 
baked in maybe i think sealed i think this kind of resin is not like a requires heat curing okay resin i think it just kind of you know yeah i've never i've never dealt with it so I have it's no like idea. honey you know how honey just it's sticky oh and then it kind of hardens after a while yeah. and then it loses the, the tackiness mm-hmm. okay yeah you know there's probably some like you know some sort of new age funeral home here in town that actually does mummification so we should probably call them if there isn't, the yeah. millennials will make it happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like artisanal mummification or something like that. I'm sure there's going to be a little place opening up very soon here in town. Artisanal. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting pronunciation. That's a different way than Instead I pronounce that Instead of artisanal? Art- artisanal yeah. or yeah. artisanal. Or yeah. 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 Okay. It, sounds, it sounds more art- artisanal. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I pulled the word up suddenly. It had no time to prepare myself for pronunciation. Okay. Fair so, enough. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. I guess I can give we'll you We'll give you a that. pass on yeah. this yeah. one. Yeah, okay. Because you've gotten everything else right so far. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So this whole inscription thing kind of puzzled archaeologists. Actually, the whole thing puzzled archaeologists. And this is why this was such a big deal as well. So it's like puzzling and a huge deal because she was found in Persia. But as far as and, anybody and by the knew, way, Xerxes the first was son of Darius, per, you know, Persians. He was a Persian. Yeah, he was Persian, Persian kings, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, right. right. So the, it's all Persian. This Persian, that. Yeah. Um, but the reason, yeah, I guess that's probably worth bringing up. The reason that this was so startling and so big was, as far as anybody knew at that time, mummification was really just only practiced by Egyptians in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They thought maybe she was. Um, had married a Persian prince and she was Egyptian and that they had sent, you know... Oh, honored her tradition or something when or, she Well, died. or that when she was married off that they had sent, you know, there was there was some knowledge of this sort of when an Egyptian So they sent princess, some documentation along for... Well, that they the would end. know that they would send also like, you know, they would send the Egyptian scholars and they would sca- send, you know, jewelry and stuff like that. They would send a party with her. Yeah, exactly. Her, her royal party would yeah. come with her and therefore they would retain the knowledge. Right. Of and so then there was... Well, they wouldn't. There were people who were who only did mummification. Oh, that's but true. that they would have maybe sent a couple of them as, as well so that when she did die she could be, you know, buried in the proper way. Her body could be prepared for the afterlife in the appropriate way. Mm, okay. Makes sense. So she was a princess. The rest of us, we get thrown into a hole. But yeah, mm, she's yeah. got a special team that's just like all on that one issue. Yeah, true. Yeah. Princess one is down, wrapped, stacked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, really. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, it's not as though just anybody knew how to mummify a body. No, right? I couldn't do it. I mean, well, we could probably figure it out because well, the I'm internet sure exists. Yeah, right? exactly. But, you know, in those times particularly, if she was Persian, it meant either that she had come from Egypt and some people had come from Egypt to, to take care of her body when she died, or the Persians actually had a history of mummification that nobody knew about before. And this was like a huge breakthrough in yeah, understanding. Like this, yeah. I don't think, I don't think cultures. as far as like a lot of these ancient, ancient Persian royalty, I don't think they found their tombs. Have they? I don't think I don't, so. I, yeah. I think they're all So, you know, it could be that they were all busy mummifying themselves and then we just don't know. We just don't know. We haven't found them yet. Yeah. So that was a big deal. And actually that of course means that, um, a couple other people said, no, actually, you know what? I think we own the rights to that mummy. Uh, oh, the, the Persian princess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, where it was discovered. 
Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, where it was, you know, that particular patch of real estate is quite close to Iran, Afghanistan, and in Pakistan. So it's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, probably that piece of real estate has been part of those all three of those countries. At some point, at yeah. At some point, yeah. So Iran, Pakistan, and actually the Taliban, you oh, remember those guys. them? Yeah. yeah, they all made claims that they were actually the rightful owners of this mummy. Eventually, Pakistan won out, and they placed the Persian princess as Princess Radugana, in the National Museum of Pakistan on display as a, you know, cultural heritage thing. Whoops. I'm kind of curious about what the Taliban wanted to do with the mummy. Because remember, they're not, they're not, uh, they're, they're not too keen on, on, I know Artifacts. what they wanted to do with it, but what, we'll talk about that it? later. <laughs> you think? Okay. Yeah, oh, we'll talk about it later. So. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Anyway, so you may have heard us go, whoops. Um, why? Why? Whoops. Well, so it turns out during this whole hullabaloo, an American archaeologist named Oscar White Muscarella, who is an expert in Persian antiquities, uh, came forward. He said that he had actually also been approached about a year prior by a different middleman in, in 2000, right? So right as the discovery of this thing was kind of being made public. Yeah, I think the guy sent him like some Polaroids. He sent, yeah, it. he sent some Polaroids and he said he immediately had some doubts about the mummy's authenticity, mostly tied up to where the mummy was found and also the translation of the breastplate. He said that um, it seemed kind of familiar and it was taken like almost word for word. Maybe there's this like this is where the reporting gets a little weird because I've seen this statement where he says it was taken word from word from this other thing. And then I've seen other statements that say actually it was made by somebody who was totally illiterate in the Persian language and it's like riddled with mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really totally sure, but there was something really off about the chest plate it mm -hmm. might have been taken from this pretty famous inscription called the Behistun inscription which is probably not how you pronounce that word probably not. which is a multilingual inscription that can it can serve as kind of a rosetta stone but for cuneiform instead of hieroglyphs it's three different languages all in cuneiform it's old persian emilet and babylonian the original carving of that inscription is pretty big it's like 50 feet high by 82 feet wide, which is 15 meters and 25 meters respectively. And it was like a hundred or 320 feet off the ground, which Obviously is a hundred meters. Meant to be read from far away, apparently. Yeah. Well, it's big. It's like, it's a billboard. Yeah. It's, it's like, the first billboard. It is. It's like the Hollywood sign, you know? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And actually what the story is, is that it was, it was carved during the reign of Darius, who's Xerxes one's father. Yeah. So would have, I guess, been the grandfather of um, Redugna, the Persian yeah, princess. Yeah, the Persian princess, yeah. Uh, it's oh, a World Heritage Site. Yeah, it's a, oh. it's a World Heritage Site, etc. Um, anyway, the American archaeologist said that he didn't think the mummy was more than 100 years old, and it was probably, like, modern. So the dealer, being kind of a smart aleck, was like, okay, sure, yeah, I'll send you part of the coffin, just like a little sliver of the wood from the coffin, and then you can carbon date that, and that will prove that this is authentic. And then, um, and I can go face sucker. Well, or, you know, then you'll obviously be interested in buying it because it's this like huge antiquity, even though again, it's kind of like, 
it's super illegal and you would think an archaeologist would know that but whatever yeah you're not supposed to be like you know carving a chunk out the coffin really Mm -mm, no no, yeah so um he did send a small piece of the coffin and it did get carbon dated the carbon dating came back um on the coffin and that was about 250 years old in reality the dealer's representative counter argued that that could hardly be considered modern so splitting (laughs) hairs at this point so he should Still be interested in buying this antiquity. I know, it's still old, dude. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so, Muscarella, who by now was almost certain that this whole mummy thing was a total forgery, well, alerted the FBI, and clearly they did not take any action on that. Yeah. Um, and, it's out of their jurisdiction, they don't care. Yeah. And I mean, I, I will say, you know, again, as we know, carbon dating really only says that's when the tree was cut down. So, for all we know, the coffin could have been made. Yeah, maybe more recently than it that. It could have been like you know salvaged wood. Maybe they, you know somebody tore a barn down. It's possible. It's know, totally a possible. Barn down and they made yeah. a coffin out of it. Yeah. yeah. Even later, um, Ahmed Dani, who was the director of the Institute of Asian Civilizations in Islamabad, Islamabad at the time, uh, inspected the mummy because he was also kind of suspicious of this mummy. Again, you know. I think a lot of people were like, this is a really cool discovery. We're learning new things about ancient civilizations. But at the same time, a lot of people were super suspicious of it because... People fake stuff all the time? It turns out, yeah. actually, that this was a big thing, was faking mummy. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a yeah. uh, big sport back a yeah. couple hundred years ago. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, you know. It must be disappointing to come across this. I mean, there's some initial, initial excitement, and then, bam, you know, mm-hmm. it all gets taken away. Yeah. But so when uh, the mummy itself was examined, it seemed like the body was much younger than even the coffin surrounding it. He noticed that the mat below the body it's kind of like it's like up the walls of the coffin and then below the body Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like a protective thing was really seemed to only be about five years old um it still had a walmart tag on it yeah it did (laughs) exactly um he alerted asama ibrahim who was the curator at that national museum in pakistan where the mummy was being displayed uh ibrahim took a closer look at the mummy on display and did find that the inscription was maybe not an exact copy that we had thought before like i said this is where they realized there were a ton of grammatical errors in the cuneiform inscription yeah so like i said it had like a bunch of grammatic errors it's like somebody looked at a picture of it and thought oh yeah i can do that probably from a movie yeah you know another another funny thing about it is that they took a close look at at the carvings that were in the coffin they noticed that somebody had had actually made guide marks with a lead pencil yeah yeah prior to the carving and they forgot to erase them or whatever remove them after it was all done Yeah. yeah so um anyway that's it seems like maybe that was not Maybe it's not real. Um, and the final kind of nail in the proverbial coffin ha. was that it actually turned out that the name that was being used was a wrong version of the name. Um, Redugana, it turns out, is actually the Greek form of the Persian name. It's a slightly different spelling, which the pronunciation is the same, so I'm not going to try to relay. But uh-huh. Redugana is spelled R-H-O, and then the actual Persian version of it is spelled W-A-R. So, obviously, <laughs> that's not right. Somebody, you know, really didn't do his research here. Yeah. Ibrahim spent some time investigating the body, including having an X-ray and CT scanned. 
in April of 2001 and stated that actually it was not a mummy at all. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Well, I mean, it's, in a sense, it was a mummy. It just wasn't a, I guess, you know, a dead body was wrapped up in a mummy-ish sort of way. So I guess it was kind of a mummy. Kind of, yeah. yeah it wasn't... It's just not an ancient mummy. No, yeah. not really that old at all. So bad papers. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going to yeah. do a thing where we, like, leave you hanging for a second, and then we're going to talk about theories. Yeah. But first, let's take a break. Bow wow. Bow wow wow. Bow wow wow yippee yo. Bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay. What did I just say? Well, if you speak D-O-double-G, then you know that I said something super exciting, and soon you'll be chasing the mail carrier down the street. In a happy way, not that angry ears back kind of way. Why? Well, because your human has finally figured out how to get awesome pup stuff delivered straight to your doghouse. Are you as a human looking for a way to treat your pup? Well, you should try BarkBox, a monthly delivery of the best paw-picked all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Every BarkBox ships free within the continental U.S., and it's a great way to try a variety of USA-slash-Canada-made treats and unique toys from local and small businesses that you may not otherwise be able to find. Plus, each box is centered around a different theme, like Country Fair, Bark Ball, Poo York City, a Brooklyn hipster, to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. And when your dog falls in love with something from the box, you can easily find it again on BarkShop.com, the BarkBox app, or by texting BarkBox. But if for some reason your dog doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox will send you something they will love free because they're all about dog happiness. Don't have a dog of your own like me? Well, then there's a great way to give a friend or a family member a gift for their dog. Maybe for my neighbors who have unhappy dogs. Give the gift that keeps on giving with a BarkBox subscription box. Their furry friend is sure to thank you. Visit BarkBox.com slash sideways for a free extra month of BarkBox when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan. That's BarkBox.com slash sideways for a free extra month only when you subscribe to the 6 or 12 months plan. So go visit BarkBox because this snoop ain't lying. Cliffhanger over. Theories. Ready? All right. Theory number one. It's real. (laughs) She really was a Persian princess. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Daughter of Xerxes. And this was real mummy. Yeah. Although Uh, although that kind of, if she was indeed the daughter of Xerxes, and that kind of, that kind of dashes the whole, she was an Egyptian princess who married a Persian prince. Yeah. You know. Agreed. Kind of dashes that whole thing. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I don't know. Maybe the the ancient Persians did do the mummification. For all we know. Yeah. Yeah. And that would explain some stuff we're going to talk about in a little bit. But um, overall, hard fail. Yeah. Overall, this is not really a theory at all. Okay. Well, it is just not a good one. Yeah. So the next theory. The next theory is uh, one we're going to do a bunch of sub-theories on, and that is that that it was a woman who was murdered. Mm-hmm. But not a princess. So but basically, how was the body acquired is what this is all revolving around? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, I guess this, I guess really what this like overarching theory should be is that it was a fraud mm-hmm. mummy, 
and that the body that was in there was the body of a murder victim of some kind. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it's just how exactly yeah. did it happen? Yeah. So, uh, you might have noticed that I was holding back some information. We did a little cliffhanger. You did? Just a couple right. minutes ago. Probably less than a couple minutes ago after editing, but that's okay. Let's just talk about the CT scans. We talked about that a minute, a minute ago. We said that um, Ibrahim had a x-rays and CT scans done of the body of the mummy. Oh. So they found some stuff. Surprise. It turns out that the mummy, the body, was actually the body of a woman who had probably died in 1996. Yeah, they were able to like carbonate the teeth or something like that. Yeah, or, not so ancient what. after all, it turns no. out. She had been really small, about four, seven, four feet, seven inches, which I didn't bother to translate into meters or whatever it is that you guys use. So. No, they can look it up. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but, but that is very small, but probably for ancient times, probably not remarkably small. For ancient times, no, but for 1996, yeah. it's oh, pretty yeah. small. It yeah, it is. They also decided that, or they were able to see that the body uh, was of a woman who was no older than 21, but they do refer to her as a woman. I've never seen it referred to as a girl or a teen or even a young woman, mm -hmm. um, but she was a young woman. Uh, so I'm going to make the presumption that she was older than 18. Mm, yeah, okay. Um, 18, but so she was a young, yeah. young woman who was very small. Her skin and hair had been bleached, and they had been treated with things like bar bicarbonate of soda and sodium chloride, which are both drying agents. And well, worth they, noting, they are modern drying agents. Yeah, they, they didn't, didn't exist, exist. Back, in the old, back in the day. Yeah. No, and they, they stuffed her body full of that stuff to suck all of the moisture out. They did. Actually, the autopsy found that she had died from blunt force trauma of the spine, but it was really hard to tell if it was intentional or accidental. They likened it to kind of what it would look like if you'd been hit by a car. Mm -hmm. and died um, from a spinal injury. So I guess by definition, she was murdered, technically. Uh, maybe I mean, she was... died in a car wreck or a car run over by a car or something like that. Lots of murder. I mean, getting run over by a car, intentional or not, is still technically murder. Well, you know, if you do the right thing and call the police and file an accident report, I guess it's an accident. But if you just grab the body and mummify it, maybe that's kind of Kind bad. of more murdery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say like even an accidental murder is a murder of, of a kind, right? Yeah, manslaughter it's, kind of thing. Yeah, sort yeah. of. That's technically a murder. It's just a really accidental kind of murder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the other option here is that she might have like fallen just right on a fence or something like that, but that seems really unlikely to me. So first sub theory is that she could have been murdered for her organs. That's mm -hmm. a thing that yeah. happens sometimes. Yeah, it not, does. Not frequently, I don't think, but sometimes. Uh, you listen to the internet, it happens all the time. Constantly. A lot of people waking up in bathtubs filled with ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah with a weird side pain. Yeah. Uh, did I forget to mention that all of her organs were miss missing, by the way? Yeah. Because they you were. Did. All of them. I didn't forget. I intentionally did didn't. I did. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> I was being coy. It's fine. This could have been the case of you know, somebody killing her for her organs you know, a blunt force trauma to the spine could have been intentional or not again, but they could have thought, oh, let's take all of her organs because even her heart was missing. And this was a, this was a mistake maybe on the part of the people who were doing it or it was, or it was all of her organs were being taken to be sold on the black market. And then they repurposed the body for mama, mummification, mummification. fakery. Yeah. Because yeah. the Which Egyptians left the heart in. Well, yeah, yeah Egyptians left the heart in, but one thing that people kind of thought was that it's possible that her body had been 
grave robbed. Right. And that's how somebody came about her body versus, you know, murdered for necessarily the forgery or anything like that. So it's possible she was murdered for her organs. They were all removed and then she was buried. And then later she had the additional misfortune of being dug up and made into a mummy. Or, and I don't know how much this happens. I mean, you can be an organ donor uh, over here in America. I assume they have similar things in in other countries. And so maybe she had died of some, some cause or another and her organs were harvested for, you know, to be given to other people, and then they sent her off to the morgue where she was morgue robbed instead of grave robbed. I mean, her it's, body could have been nabbed in all kinds of places. True, it's it's yeah. certainly possible that that could have happened. I I don't think they usually take all the organs. Like, no, they, yeah. they wouldn't take her intestines, for instance. Right, yeah. like that would be that would have been a thing they would have left in there because, like, I don't think I don't done, think I don't I don't have never heard of an intestinal transplant. That I does, haven't either. Does seem like that would be kind of seems like maybe not the right thing. How mm-hmm. do you how do you get them packed in there just right? I don't yeah, know. I don't I'm know. sure there are some doctors who know so, how to well, do the, that. Well, the weird thing about taking the organs for harvest or not, as well as the the whole packing or full of drying agents. You have to do that stuff almost immediately. I mean, if they are really taking the organs to sell, then they definitely would have had to kill this person. Yes. To to take them right away yeah. while they're brand new, fresh in the package, still working. Yeah, you gotta. If you don't kill them, you're gonna be at least Johnny on the spot. Exactly, you know, and the, the same thing with the place. with the drying agents. In order to get the drying agents in there and get the body to actually start, you know, losing all that moisture before it starts to decay and rot, and every other things to set in that uh, speed that process along, mm. you also have to be there like immediately yeah there's not there's a very small window for that stuff to happen so and Mm -hmm. i'm not clear on the the type of spine injury she had that killed her it is i guess it is possible just totally speculating here that she could have had one of those like brain dead spine injuries and Mm -hmm. that's why she and so that would mean that somebody could have harvested all of her organs if she was in a hospital if she well if she were in a hospital or if if your brain did your body no i i know your body isn't functioning i understand the brain runs the body okay i'm not a total look on your face i was like "Ah." no but that you know if they had hit her just right and they realized like I don't know. doesn't really matter. Okay. Yeah. yeah, if you were in the hospital or some other thing. Some I don't really know facility. how the organ harvesting black market works. Or, or so not I don't even know. a black market Relatively efficiently, but, according yeah. to the internet. Apparently, That's what yeah. I hear. Although, yeah, yeah. you, you got to wonder, too, though. It looks to me like she probably, from the injuries I've heard described, and I've heard variations from broken pelvis to broken neck all the way up the, the whole gamut. It sounds mm-hmm. to me like she probably was in something like a car wreck. Yeah, like I was, think she was probably hit by a car. Yeah, like a pedestrian hit by a yeah, car. From, yeah, Probably from behind, it yeah. looks like. And so you, you do have to wonder how many of her organs were actually in good enough shape after something right. like that. And, and that's why I... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I bring this one up first, because as you guys know, I like to go, like, dumbest to best. So I would say this is a low probability that she was killed for her organs, but it's still a, po- prob- a possibility, I guess, mm-hmm. as a theory. Yeah. We kind of went on the the grave robbing thing again, mm-hmm. but or are we in the next theory? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Let's yeah. let's hop to the next theory. And the okay. next theory Which is, is that what um, accidental that she you know maybe got hit by a car, yeah. totally accidentally died, yeah. was buried, and then at a later date was grave robbed, and they took all of her organs out for the forgery. The problem with this, of course, is um, 
All the things we just said? Yeah, basically all the things we just said. <laughs> you know, the drying agents would have had to have been applied like way earlier than, yeah. you know, she would have showed more signs of decomposition, things like that. Um, this was the most prevalent theory from the investigators. They thought that basically the reason that this is like their ideal theory is because we'll talk about at the end here, the really like really sad part of this whole story. But the investigators, once once they found out that it wasn't a real mummy, just kind of didn't care anymore. So this yeah, theory, I think they everybody did look can into it. Yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't obviously as high profile, but it's, uh, I'm sure they still looked into it as a murder mystery, but probably not too terrible. Not hard. really that much, it sounds like. Yeah. So this was an ideal theory for them, right? Because it meant they didn't have to really deal with a murder, right? They didn't really have to find a Jane Doe murder that had been killed for this like huge forgery. They could just say, listen, we got the people who were who had you know done this and they're in jail for 10 years because of the antiquities laws and that's probably good enough and they just robbed a grave and you know they did the forgery and that's awful but they didn't really kill anyone they weren't really hurting anyone they didn't really get away with it so they're spending time in jail and everything's fine so this is obviously an ideal theory for them because they didn't really have to do anything but uh, you know obviously they could have done something because that's that's where the the trail leads back is is to who actually killed this person is these people got got the body from somebody. Yeah. Somebody. And obviously the police that they probably bribed the police to just say, hey, dude, you know, uh, don't make us don't make us rat our friends out. We'll get killed. Yeah. Or it's something possible. like that. You yeah. know. But but obviously yeah. they could have tracked it back that way. Yeah. We um, one would think they could yeah, have. They could but have. Yeah. it seems like they didn't really care. Yeah, yeah. And it, well and I wonder I wonder the the level of difficulty to track it back because based on Oh gosh, I forgot the name of the guy, the American who first saw and figured out it was a forgery. Oscar uh, Muscarella. Yeah, there yeah. was at, there was at least six months, if not almost a year, between when he saw the tape and when the the next people got a hold of it. So that means this body, uh, this no, this, it this, was. I think the same. It was the same seller. Uh, but but I'm talking but, about the time frame between when he saw the film and whoever report you know got them in trouble saw yeah, the film. Time so this by yeah yeah. Exactly. So this body has been floating around. This mummy has been floating around in their possession for a while. Yeah. So that makes the trail even colder because, you know, there's more and more time. People are coming and going. I yeah. can, I can, I'm not defending them, but I can see yeah, how just, that um, would make it so much harder when it's not brand new, fresh blood on the ground. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just sort of presuming that uh, fakes like this, especially the ones that are considered to be, you know, like high level fakes, not just a regular mummy, but a princess, you know, somebody, Somebody invested some time and then found themselves a buyer, and, and it was so. This thing actually might have originally been, and that might be part of the reason it was so crudely done, like with the translations and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It might have just been meant to be sold to some rich dude as a memento, like you know, as in you know the uh, yeah, and, it could have been the tribal guy, and it could have been leader. never intended to actually fool anybody at the level of a museum of antiquities right. level. You know right. what I'm saying? And, yeah. And so that guy had it and then either decided he needed the cash more or whatever. So he sold it. And, and so I don't think anybody like bought it off somebody like in a, in a, in a bazaar or something like that where they didn't know who it was, even with time going by. It's actually a really good segue into our next theory. So let's do that. And then okay. can, I know you guys have a lot you want to talk about with this theory, which oh. is why I saved it for last. And it's the most likely one, I think. It could be uh, that somebody killed her for the forgery. Yeah. Um, you know, she literally fit the bill. She, I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately, you know, she was small, 
and people from that time were small. Yeah. And, you oh, know, it could uh, be that she was a, you know, maybe somebody who was experiencing homelessness, maybe somebody who was a sex worker, maybe somebody who they just knew. Some kind of distress. Some, you know, somebody that they knew, you know, sadly probably wouldn't be missed. Yeah. And also um, uh, you got to find somebody who hasn't had any dental work done. You can't have mm-hmm. any model, modern dental work. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. yeah. So I think they probably just found the, you know, in my mind, the way this goes is somebody found the coffin and sarcophagus, which was a forgery in and of itself, right? But an older forgery. But somebody found this older forgery and was like, oh yeah, we could, we could fill that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know what? Actually, you know, um, that one lady that we see all the time who's super short, she would fit the bill. Yeah. We could do this. We, and then they just hit her with a car, kills her. And then they, um, or you know, baseball bats or something or what, you know, yeah. something, they hit her with something killer, you know, fine. They remove all her organs wrongly remove all of her organs because again egyptian mummies not traditionally not traditionally but dry her out make a new mat for the coffin deal with the resin put the gold on her face and you know put the chest plate i mean it's not uh, insane i mean it is insane right it's that's that is insane but it's not a crazy theory no not at all i mean actually um, mummy forgeries are really common and back like 200 years ago in the early 19th century there was this thing called mummy mania Mm -hmm. have you heard of mummy mania yeah Mm -hmm. overtook europe after after uh after egypt egypt was opened up and suddenly lots of europeans were traveling to egypt right and all these rich europeans were buying mummies to bring home and put it you know on display at the family estate show off to their friends and stuff And I'm sure just about all of them were forgeries. Well, this is, and this is yeah. why antiquities laws exist now. Well, right? and oh, I was, yeah, I was exactly. Too. I mean, yeah, should you be buying an, an authentic one to take home? No. I no, mean, I mean the, the, yeah. the black market for antiquities, whether they're forged or not, the black market is worth so much to the tune of billions oh, yeah. of dollars a year, which you can understand why that would be so enticing to a couple of yahoos who find something and realize that they could spin it from a low level thing to a high or a low value to a higher value object. $16 million is a lot of money. It well, is. I was talking about when they found just the coffin and yeah. then, Oh, Hey, if we can stuff a body in that thing, now it's worth even more. Yeah, but and, I, I agree but I, with Joe that I think that they, you really have to have some seriously big cojones and skill to think that you can fool somebody at a museum. Well, what I, I think kind of most, man, I sort of touched on it. I think what kind of happened is somebody just meant it to fool some rich dude who didn't really know anything. Oh, yeah. And it was plenty authentic enough looking for that. And then this rich dude, for whatever reason, decided, hey, this is so, this is such a perfect copy. I could probably fool somebody else and make myself like 10 million bucks or, or something. Or yeah. said rich dude, you know, thinks it's actually, wor- you know, actually real yeah. and worth a lot of money and finds himself, believe it. well, yeah. and finds himself like, you know what, actually, strapped. I really want a yeah. boat. Yeah. I'd want that fancy yacht. What do I have that I could sell that I don't really care about? Oh, yeah, I have that mummy in the basement. Yeah. I'll sell that. Yeah, I'm kind of getting kind of tired of that anyway. It's hard mm-hmm. to keep it clean. It's yeah. Always, yeah. It's been just yeah, collecting the cat keeps, dust. collect so much yeah. dust. The cat keeps using it for a scratching yeah. post. Yeah. I mean, I almost also wonder if what happened is they found the coffin, the sarcophagus, the, they could, I don't, as far as I know, they never dated the chest plate and all the other gold accoutrements. Mm. It's possible in my mind they found a really old forgery that had not the mummy itself had not withstood the test of time. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they find all this stuff. And for all they know, 
it's authentic except for the mummy looks bad they don't know they're not the dummies who did like a weird dumb translation on the chest they it's don't a know bad anything mummy dummy? Wow. yeah right i mean they don't know anything they're just like we just need a body to fill this and then we've got ourselves an authentic mummy in a coffin in a sarcophagus that we can sell for a ton of money yeah. they might not even they might have honestly honest to god thought that everything else about it was authentic except because that's i mean it, the coffin comes from that time when mummy fever was happening yeah when well, all mommy, these forgeries yeah. were going around. Yeah, and... Um, Which would explain why the guy sent over the sliver of the coffin, like, go ahead and carbonate this, yeah. jackass. Yeah, he thought yeah. it really was that I mean, old, he could maybe. really yeah. could have just thought they could have been so dumb. I, I mean, think, uh, frankly, if yeah. I found something like that, I would think it was real. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know any better. I think this guy, it might be that the guy that actually owned it and picked himself a really stupid agent to market it. <laughs> Probably yeah. intended for him to go find himself a private collector mm -hmm. to pay big money for this and then and this bozo starts showing it around to actually well-connected people who and it actually got publicized and mm -hmm. it came to the attention of the authorities and stuff and so he probably just googled like persian antique collectors and like a bunch of educated people came up and he was like cool these are the collectors mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> i'll reach out to them yeah he just did a google yeah, yeah. i know it could be or it, yeah. I guess at that point it was probably like an Ask Jeeves or something. Cause yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I find it really older. funny that the Taliban in the beginning were, were trying to flex their muscle to say that they owned it. Because of they, course they were. They, yeah. well, the, what, what I find so ironic about that is, you know, that they're pretending that they're trying to protect a national treasure. But no, All right, they are the guys? biggest bandits. They are, they've been selling off so much history for so long in that wow. part of the world and also to fund their operations. And also destroying it, you know. Now they had to take the, they they sort of hewed to this this idea that nothing predates our wonderful Islamic Republic and so like you know like remember those those giant uh, those giant ancient Buddhas up in the mountains yeah. oh yeah they blew those up that they destroyed yeah yeah because yeah well I mean, a big part of this is if you have been paying attention you know uh, there's a gold crown. Mm -hmm. There's gold mask. Yeah, there's a gold the chest plate. plate. Yeah. There's another gold weird chest plate thing. That's true. There's a that's there's a, money there. There's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, I, I'm assuming the for the people who did the forgeries weren't dumb enough to just do, use something that was plated. I assume they used solid gold. I I mean which I would guess. But when you think about it, is it kind of an investment? It yeah. is. But yeah. if you're going to sell it for you know sixteen, what is now it's sixteen a, yeah. million dollars, it's that's still worthwhile. still yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. But I really I do kind of think it was. You know, they didn't actually do any of the forgery except for the body. In mm. my mind, you know, I don't know. it's it's hard to say. I just I just know how much of that that part of the world is being dug up constantly. Oh yeah, and sold off. Have you read any of those articles about how they're using satellite technology and they're they're time stand they're lay, overlaying images from different times to mm. then be able to tell where and when people are digging stuff up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, doing it illegally. Yeah. Oh yeah, constantly. Yeah. But like entire uh, grave ancient grave. Graveyards are being looted, yeah. Yeah. and from the sky, they're like, "Oh, look! It's it looks like the the site of a golf ball. You know, it's just pockmarks, just mm -hmm. divot, 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 divot. Just guys out there just digging it's, holes. Yeah. It's so sad, you know. But uh, yeah, there there were there were some really fun. Uh, if you guys want to hear stories of other fake fun mummy stories, let's have one. Yeah. Like, uh, the most recent one was in 20, 2015, the Vatican finally decided to check on, uh, do a little research on their collection <laughs> oh, yeah. of mummies. Yeah, yeah. And they had two of them that were basically child-sized one that turned out to be complete fakes. Uh, and they'd had them for a long time. 
Complete, like how complete fakes? Uh, like think, just newer? They had no human body. They in didn't them? even like, have humans in. I think they had animal bones. And, oh god! And then, well, there was just another famous case was in New Jersey. This this was like in the, on on display at like the Hackensack Library. It, it had been donated like in the 1920s or something to the city, and it had been on display. And then suddenly, and I, after about three decades, it was discovered that. It was all just rags. I mean, it was just like, you know, a mummy, just rags all shaped to look like a human body, all oh, wrapped man. in. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. when you were a kid and yeah. you'd make the pi- the pillows under your blankets so that it looked like the shape of you sleeping, kind yeah. of? Yeah, yeah. I, and there was another famous one that was a, like a huge attraction in Mississippi. It was like on display at the Mississippi State Capitol from like the 1920s to 1969, I think, when they finally took a closer look at it and then did some x-rays. And discovered that what they thought was a, a body inside there was just like paper mache and a wooden frame held together with nails. You and, guys, and I a have a couple of animal ribs I have all a, wrapped up. I have a new venture for us. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, eBay. And yeah, it's yeah, making fake sponsorship eBay. stuff. Yeah, this is what we're gonna do from now on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So just one final thing before we end this story. Yeah. Uh, and it's just really sad to me. It's it's worth noting that um, a few people in the agencies investing the whole discovery of the mummy got these really big promotions based on the discovery and return to the rightful owners. These are all air quotes. I'm doing mm-hmm. wild air quoting in here. But once it was exposed as a murder and forgery, they kept their promotions and also weren't really asked to investigate the origins of the murdered woman. Well, because, you know, it was good police work. Yeah, I yeah, mean, basically, people really only cared about this case when it was a fancy princess mummy. Mm-hmm. And I, on one hand, I understand, but on the other hand, it's kind of like there was a Jane Doe murder out there. Like, some woman was well, murdered. It's kind of like Princess Di, who died in a car wreck. Other other women of, of, of similar age and worthiness get killed in car wrecks all the time. Does anybody know or care? No. No, yeah. not a bit. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really sad to me. Um, yeah. But since the coffin and mummy were removed from the National Museum, because of course they were. Yeah. Um, I like that. <laughs> it, it was taken to the Eddie Trust, which is now the Eddie Foundation. And it was stored for investigation for eight years, during which time not a single right? investigator came to look at it. Of course yeah. not. But in they had to keep years. it on ice so for like They did. Years, they had right? to keep it in the morgue for eight years. It took up the, but it was like sarcophagus, coffin, and body. Took up the space of two bodies, basically. Mm-hmm. And the whole, uh, the cost of them storing it was like $7 a day. Which doesn't seem like a lot of money until you consider that by the time that they finally got around to being able to bury her, they had spent almost $23,000 on storing eight. See, that that's, part, what, that's yeah. why you shouldn't go have one or two Starbucks a day because that's yeah. how much money you're going to spend in a couple of years. It is. It, it does add up. And, yeah. and by the way, in that part of the world, that's probably more than most people make in their entire lives. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. Um, so, and actually what happened is the Eddie Foundation kept saying to the investigators, like, we have this body. Are you like... What are you doing? Dude? What are you doing? Uh-huh. Like, it's really expensive for us to to store this body. And we're happy to do it as long as you're working towards finding out who she is. Mm. And they kept saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're working. Yeah, we're on all that. over that. Yeah, and yeah. so finally they said, um, all right, listen, we're going to bury the body in four days unless you tell us not to. And the investigators just never responded. So they finally, in 2009, buried the body, coffin, sarcophagus, everything in a kind of unmarked 
grave plot. And to me, that's really the saddest part of this mystery is that kind of like a pauper's grave. Yeah, a woman was murdered. Probably, probably. not so much a pauper's grave. It's just burying it so somebody else doesn't dig it up and put it back on the market. Yeah, I mean yeah. that might be part of it too. Yeah. But I mean, realistically, that's the saddest part to me is that like a woman was murdered and we have no idea who she was. Or not even necessarily murdered. She might have just died accidentally. But still, she should have a marked grave. You know, her family should know where. Should her know grave what is. happened, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Anyway. That's the downer ending of this kind of otherwise fun mystery. Jeez, Devin, Made I it didn't go. Know that. Sorry. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. Good thing we don't release these on Mondays. We'd screw people's entire week up. I know. Mm. Yeah. Thursdays are bad enough. Yeah. The release yeah. rolls right into Friday, yeah. and then it's Friday. And, and then forget. they're sad all weekend. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe yeah. we should just not be releasing them anymore. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Let's talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're kidding, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> Please don't write us angry emails. Are we? I don't know. Let's find out. Anyway. um, be a forgery. Yeah. So if you want to see some of the links to some of the research, um, you know, hopefully you've already taken time to look up pictures of what this mummy looked like because it's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. Um, If you want any of that stuff, you can also find links to our um, merch sites or uh, episode lists to find every single episode we've ever done. I think Steve told me before we started recording that we're at like, 240 or something like Official that. Official episodes. That doesn't count any of the yeah. bonus content. That's a lot of episodes. Pieces no, we've done. It's a um, lot of content. So if you think you have a story you'd like to suggest, check there first. Yep. But all of that stuff is at our website, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can find us on social media. We are on Facebook. We've got a group and a page. To join the group, you do have to ask answer some questions. Just don't forget to do it. They're really easy. And then you can find us on Twitter where we're Thinking Sideways Podcast. We've got a subreddit, which is called Thinking Sideways. And we have an Instagram now. It's oh, that's called right. Thinking Sideways Podcast, not Thinking Sideways. That's something totally different somehow still. Also, you know where you're listening to us. It might be iTunes, it might be Stitcher, it might be Google Play, it might be Podbean, it might be any other thing thing that I don't have the energy to list right now. If you do, if you haven't already, actually, rather, do subscribe, do leave a comment, and do leave a rating that helps other people find us. And then if you want to talk to us about the Persian mummy, if you want to talk about how bad my pronunciation for every single word I said today yeah. was. You don't need to actually let Devin know. We've already made fun of her yeah, a lot. We all know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. I know already. Um, if you have any any just anything you want to say to us, um, feel free to send us an email. That email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And I think that is everything that I need to tell you. I think it is. I think it's all the stuff that you guys skip. There we go. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, another mystery solved. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Let's talk about another princess. Let's okay. talk about Disney princesses. Yeah, we can mm. talk about Disney princesses. Let's talk about princess cruises. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Why don't we, why don't we yeah. talk about Disney princess cruises? Perfect. Uh. Okay, what do you guys want to talk about first? 